Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. That's right. We're back with the Fancy Joes. It's been a while, but we're back with the live big show. Or not live, but whenever you push play on your podcast player. I am the Roto Librarian at Roto Librarian Ryan Livergood. Joining me as always from North Carolina, Trey Barrett. What's going on, fellas? It's playoff week. Playoff week. I'm pretty excited. Although tonight's football game is. Uh, I don't know how many of us are getting a lot of help from uh, players we started in, in uh, playoff matchups. So I, I hope if you're playing in the playoffs this week, I hope you have a bye, you're not playing. But if you're playing, I hope you're not relying on too many players in this game. Unless you're relying on Derrick Henry for some odd reason. Because um, <laughs> so far, so good, at least at, at half where, while we started recording this. And from the Twin Cities, it's on the couch with Will Greenwood. Obligatory playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. Yeah, sitting here at home. Wife's uh, out traveling for, you know, her successful career. So I get to do the Fantasy Joe's podcast in the living room, watching Iowa-Iowa State basketball. Got the, uh, the Jaguars game on the other screen. I do have Leonard Fournette going in a couple places because you guys know I love Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He's been disappointing in this game so far. But, you know, <laughs> it just takes one play. Uh, also, drop Derrick Henry in a redraft league before the start of this game tonight because uh, he's been horrible. But that his 99-yard rushing touchdown was one of the more fun plays I've seen all year. It was fun. It was fun. Hopefully our – people around. Oh, it's just <laughs> – That's I, the Derrick Henry we remember that we expected to make a difference. Somebody needs to snip off that ponytail, though. That, I just think that's ugly. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it. You mentioned um, Leonard Fournette. And I've got Leonard Fournette going in the Fantasy Joe's Bowl, the inaugural version. Hashtag FJB1. I think I'm the only Joe in the playoffs. Is that correct somehow? But That is correct. Where, Ryan, what's your team name? I am the uh, Globo Gym Purple Cobras. Oh, and I want to make shout out to Caleb Pearson because he was the – uh, I like that. Well, he was the um, number one overall uh, points leader going into the regular season. I noticed that poor Caleb, though, in week one, the way we're doing it, it's, it's the next, it's it's this week and the previous week, week thirteen, week fourteen. the The winner, the top uh, points in the division, they go on to the the championship. And uh, Caleb, he got behind. There was someone in his division that had a big week. So, but he did win the regular season. So, shout out to Caleb Pearson, who's been on the show. Um. Anyway, so playoffs are going on. We've got Scott Fishbowl, two of the three Joes from the Scott Fishbowl representing. Um, Trey got a bye. I was in the wild card round. I crushed the wild card round, so we'll keep you posted on that. We're do, we're all, we've all got a lot of playoff teams. We're all like – fin- Oh, yeah, I finished four spots ahead of Mike Clay. So, although really terrible <laughs> Scott Fishbowl season, take that, Mike Clay. <laughs> we're uh, – Mike Clay, loyal listener to the show. I, I you know, so uh, my... actually, he's on the couch. No, I'm just <laughs> he's not welcome uh, to the podcast, though. So yeah, always looking to jump on, Mike Clay. Um, anyway, l- let's uh, l- let's digress, shall we? And let and let's talk about a couple of different things. Um, first of all, guys, I wanted to throw out some things I saw on Twitter uh, this week, and, and th- this was an interesting question that Ryan McDowell threw out there. Um, I think this was yesterday. Which Cincinnati wide receiver would you rather own in, in a dynasty league? So he put out there the name AJ Green or Tyler Boyd, and it's very close. Um, so who would you rather have, guys? Trey, I'll ask you first. AJ Green or Tyler Boyd in, in a dynasty league? Man, that is a very difficult question. I would have to say in a vacuum that I would prefer AJ Green, but I, man, that is a you know, very difficult. I would have to say it would depend a lot on my team construction. If I, if I, you know, was, were an older, more veteran team, I probably would prefer Tyler Boyd to inject a little bit of youth. If I had a good balance team, um, I probably would take AJ Green because I still think he's got a couple years of, of pretty uh, elite production. 
Will, is it just that simple for you? It just depends on the state of your team. If you're a productive struggle, maybe you go Boyd. But if you are a contender, you're all about A.J. Green. Well, the idea is this is, is in a vacuum. So I would take A.J. Green, uh, 360 slam dunk uh, every time. But I have a, a, an affinity to the alpha dog wide receiver that I feel like you guys don't necessarily share with me uh, with his build and what he's done. I know this was posted before he got hurt and, and we were talking about it. But to me, uh, I, I, you know, I just don't – maybe I just don't buy into Tyler Boyd long-term yet. I get that he's had a really good season and it's, it's gone very well for him. And, you know, you should be so proud if you have Tyler Boyd on your team and be able to start him. But he's not A.J. Green. He'll never be A.J. Green. And A.J. Green, give, like, let's say he has two years left of, of good production. You're talking about elite, like elite, elite, elite production. That three touchdown game earlier this year. He's the kind of guy that can do that. And it's just not all that surprising that he does. So uh, I think we're, I think he's being undervalued. And him being hurt this year, I mean, like, again, like whatever. Like that offense and that team is going to be horrible the rest of the season. So he's going to sit out some games, let it be now. And let's have, let's have him rebound next year. Let's go. Yeah, just to clarify, this tweet went out, I think, a couple of days ago. So we're recording this on Thursday. So it was Tuesday. So it's clearly after the A.J. Green injury. So there has to be some oh, okay, okay. But, but that's okay. Um, so here's my question. It's different. In the show sheet, I put in where it was at the time. How do you guys think this finished? Who do you think uh, people would rather have on Twitter? And what percentage? I bet it's Wade Boyd. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet it was probably green, but I bet it was narrow, like maybe fifty-two percent. It was it, it was narrow, and, and it was Tyler Boyd, fifty-one percent, um, which was interesting. You know, I, I, just for the record, I'm I'm AJ Green on this. I like Tyler Boyd as dynasty asset, but AJ Green is a guy that, assuming he can stay healthy and, and gives you a couple more years, he could be a difference maker on your on your dynasty team. Whereas Tyler Boyd is, he's a nice piece and, and I, and I like him, but I don't know he, that he's a difference maker. So I, I will lean towards a difference maker. Trey, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, I think one of the things that maybe is a little bit lost just because Boyd had a, a relatively, you know, unexciting uh, first two years in the NFL is he, he was the second round draft pick. Tyler Boyd was um, coming out of pit and uh, he's currently wide receiver 14 this year. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that I have to – I don't think I'm surprising anyone in saying that he's not really had the greatest uh, had the greatest quarterback play. I know Andy Dalton had some pretty good games early on but then was hurt. But, you know, I, I just think that – I don't know that maybe people completely appreciate how, um, how well Tyler Boyd's done this season. He's done it when A.J. Green was healthy. He's done it when A.J. Green was out. I mean, he's just really consistently produced all season long. And uh, it's not that he's not talented. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to get at, too. It's, it's, not, that he, it's not that he's, he's just, you know, it's only opportunity. There's, there's actual talent here. And, and so I, I think the future is really bright for him. So he, he's an asset that I really like. I mean, I have him on a couple dynasty teams that I got him off waivers early in the season. After that, after that week two, you know, 91, 91 yard. Uh, touchdown game. I, I picked him up on waivers in a couple leagues, and um, man, you know, now it's looking like he's he's the guy, kind of guy that's going to be probably a you know a top fifty dynasty startup pick heading in the next off season. I imagine. Yeah, it's pretty amazing how we just didn't believe in him because I, I also in a dynasty league was able to pick him off waivers, and then in a redraft league after waivers had ran, it was a fab league. Like looking the next day, I saw him out there and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to pick him up. I'll drop this guy. So I got him basically for zero fab dollars. And he is a starter for me, you know, I, I in the week, you know, week 14 of the playoffs this week in that league. So it, it is amazing how we just kind of dismissed him. I think maybe some of that's because he was drafted by Cincinnati. You know, we, I think we all know that the Cincinnati front office has a different way of approaching the draft and evaluating players. You know, they, you know, the word of the street is they drafted John Ross before anyone else was going to, because they, they're just, they just do things differently in Cincinnati. I mean, this is the team that, um, you know, they may hire Hugh Jackson as their coach in the future, right? Rumor has it. So, <laughs> well, so we'll see. Um, but, but, but they did do well with Tyler Boyd, I think. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good, uh, good perspective on Tyler Boyd. Can, um, can we rewind to a year ago to where Tyler Boyd, had a quote where he said he he didn't know why he wasn't active for game day. I think that, you know, you're following Tyler Boyd, you trust in his talent, 
and, and you wanted him, but he was still on most waiver wires and maybe was a stash on a team around your Texas squad. But Cincinnati, I feel like, did not handle Tyler Boyd well, and Tyler Boyd has risen above that this year. Uh, I, I was kind of shocked. I was almost wouldn't have been shocked if he was cut last year by them with the, the way that they were treating him. He wasn't, I mean, how many games was he active for last year? I mean, he literally said he didn't know why he wasn't active for a game. If I was just floored. Yeah, that, that, you know, Cincinnati, they just do things differently. They, um, <laughs> uh, that's why they are the way they are. Anyway, another guy we, I want to talk about, um, and there were a lot of tweets about Philip Lindsay and Philip Lindsay's values. So uh, uh, Jacob Butner at FF Ski Mum tweeted, you know, who would you rather have Philip Lindsay or the 2019 101? Um, so how do you guys, and then Ryan McDowell tweeted Philip Lindsay's dynasty ADP by month. So going back to July, he basically was undrafted. He was like 241. And in December, he's 42. I mean, high riser. He looks good. Rich Rebar um, at Lord Reeves. Philip Lindsay has averaged over seven yards per carry on double digit carries in three straight weeks. That's the longest such stretch for a running back since Fred Taylor in 20 or 2007. Only two such streaks in the 2000s for running backs. So talk about a high riser, right? Philip Lindsay, um, you know, ADP is rising. He's doing incredible things. He looks amazing. Last week he looked amazing, right? Um, so 2019-101 or Philip Lindsay? What, what do you think? Trey, would you, would you do that? Would you, would you uh, risk the 101 for Philip Lindsay? I would never give the 101 in next year's rookie class for Philip Lindsay. Um, I, I just don't I, – I like Philip Lindsay. And I don't have a problem, but you know, I don't think the one-on-one next year is going to be a top five startup pick or top 10 startup pick like Saquon Barkley was this, this year. But historically the one-on-one in rookie drafts is a top 30 pick. So, and, and listen, I like Philip Lindsay a lot and I think that his production is incredible, but I, I just don't, you know, 24 months from now, is he still going to be getting the same kind of playing time and for putting up the same production he is now? So I just think for, for me, that one-on-one is someone that I feel like is going to contribute to my team for six to eight years. Um, so no, I would, that, that's a very easy decision for me. One-on-one over Philip Lindsay. 105, 106, completely different story, but I take the one-on-one over Lindsay all day. What about you, Will? You feel differently? I know you're a big Philip Lindsay fan. Um, I know in some leagues, I know in one league, Will, I think you blew all your fab money early on in the Dicey League to get him. I did as well, which at the time might have looked questionable. Now it seems brilliant. Um, so, so, Will, what do you think of Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay or, or the 2019-101? Well, one, I am brilliant. So, let's take it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I would take the 101. I don't think it's close for me either. The, the uh, accrued value you'd get before draft – and actually, I think when we come to, you know, the 2019 draft, you could move the 101 for Lindsay Plus. So if you're doing it right now, give me the 101. Let's see how it goes. You know, Lindsay, he's, he's at a pretty good peak right now. Maybe, maybe he can go up further. And I, I, I am darn happy for that guy and what he's been able to do. And I love him. You want to look at – I try to take things back, take my emotions out of it. And when I do that, to me, it's easily the 101 in my mind. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, and Twitter agreed. It was uh, 72% the 2018-101, but 28% for Philip Lindsay. So I think that just goes to show you, and, and maybe that has to do with someone's mindset. Maybe they're, um, before trade deadlines are closing, they're going into the playoffs. And, you know, maybe if you, if you happen to have the one-on-one through another trade and you really want to be aggressive and go for the championship, you're willing to do that and the, the player won't budge. Maybe you do that. It's a little bit of a desperation play, I think. But, um, but interesting, interesting guy, how he's risen. And it'll be interesting to see what happens there in Denver. But they seem to really love him. And even though he doesn't have the draft capital, he, he certainly looks more explosive and like he's better than Royce Freeman. But, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, hey, hey, guys, before we get into um, what we're going to do tonight, which is gonna, going to be a little bit of a you make the call, any thoughts on Cream Hunt? Because we haven't recorded since the whole Cream Hunt stunt stuff went down. We're not going to get into the social aspects of it. Obviously, it's deplorable what he did. We certainly don't condone his actions. It's just it's just horrible that that this whole thing has happened. Um, we we made jokes on the show in the off season. We we talked about this these at least one of these incidents uh, that that happened in 
Cleveland at a Cleveland resort. There was that report. We kind of joked about it um, with the, the top dog dynasty podcast too. Um, like how there's nothing to do in Cleveland. And now that seems like, like a bad joke that we made uh, really bad. So socially we're not talking about it, but just, just purely, you know, in a vacuum from a dynasty value point of view without getting into the social ramifications of it, which I think we're all agree. It's, it's just, just unspeakable and it was horrible. It shouldn't have happened. Um, what, what do you think about cream hunt in, in, in terms of value? Um, uh, any thoughts? I mean, my, my opinion is I have him in a couple of leagues. I'm a contender in a league and I was kind of shopping around to seeing what I could get. And I just couldn't get anything that, you know, maybe if some a really nice piece that would have helped me for my playoff run, I would have thought about it, but I wasn't getting that. I wasn't even really getting a, a first round pick at the end of the day. So I, I'm just going to hold. And if he gets kicked out of the league, I'm happy with that. Um, he's a hold right in terms of dynasty value. I mean, what else can you do with them? I, I know that the reports that are coming out are alarming that there are these three investigations going on. So things are not looking good for him, but w- what do we think about cream Hunt in terms of value? Trey. Well, I think that in, in most instances, he's going to be a hold probably all throughout the off season. Um, because you're, you're talking about the guy that as a rookie last year led the NFL in rushing, which is, no small feat and and you know that that was not with the Kansas City offense being as elite as it is this year I mean they they had a good offense last year but that offense was mostly a a product of of Alex Smith being highly efficient and and highly efficient on the deep ball so you know for for him to lead the NFL in rushing as a rookie I think speaks volumes to his uh, abilities the problem is that we don't really know uh, what NFL team or if an NFL team is going to give him a shot. So a lot of young uh, running back talent in the NFL this year. There's going to be a lot of, of pretty solid talent in free agency this year, as, as well as some solid depth, you know, maybe no elite uh, star type running backs in the 2019 rookie class. But I, I just feel like this off season, you know, you, you think about the teams that uh, need a running back, to be a bell cow and uh, would be willing to take on the PR nightmare that would be signing him. Uh, however, you know, I think that there's a part of me that as soon as the play NFL or the, the fantasy playoffs are over, I'm probably going to go do a little looking and see if I can buy Kareem hunt. If, if I can get him for a late first in leagues or for the equivalent of a late first, uh, I think I'd probably be willing to take that chance. Um, just in the off chance, you know, late first are, are, are kind of dart throws anyway, right? Like people last year spent a late first on Royce Freeman. Um, and and they're, of course, you know, there, there's other guys around there that hit. But um, anyway, he's a guy that I, I think that it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, he's still really young. It's, he, it's not the same as the Ray Rice situation, but, uh, you know, it, it, could, it could be the end of his career. I mean, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, video. I mean, it just, it's a little bit, it's not the same as Ray Rice, but there is video out there. It's not um, um, some other situations we've seen where, where the public hasn't seen it on TMZ and it's been on local newscast, um, even the Chicago area. Uh, so Will, any Cream Hunt thoughts in terms of value? Yeah, I mean, you just have to hold. Let's, Cream Hunt is u- uber talented and let's not pretend like the NFL is in a horrible organization as a, it, from you know, you know my my feelings about Le'Veon Bell and the holdout, and the, you know the free market of it all, and how they treat players. And at the end of the day, if if you take your any emotion out of it, uh, my my general opinion is Cream Hunt led the league in rushing. You have a guy like Adrian Peterson, where you had pictures of the welts and the scars that he gave his kid from that, and he was back in the NFL. People weren't dropping him from that. You know, it's a because he's talented, and and that's. If, if that's what ends up mattering, like the Ray Rising video, one Ray Rice's video is worse than Cream Hunt's. I think overall, like he knocked out his wife in an elevator and dragged her out. That was, ooh, like if you're going to compare him, I feel like it, aesthetically that was a lot worse than Cream Hunt's. And he was also older. He would have been more expensive. Cream Hunt's going to be cheap and has talent, and the NFL will take him back. And he's a hold, but if he doesn't play again, I'm not sad if I own him. You know, you get you. you you, you want to detach yourself emotionally from it, but you could at least get over it if he doesn't play again. Uh, you just kind of take that as, as a loss, and you're like, well, you, you know, you, don't, you just don't feel bad. So 
Yeah, I feel like he is a hold. If you sell now, you, you, you can. I mean, I think if somebody were to offer me a first-round pick for Kareem Hunt, we're all past our trade deadlines for the most part. But if you were, I think I'd just take it. I'd roll the dice that way. And I think it's a, a PSA that these guys with character issues, I'll, I'll talk about Ezekiel Elliott, who I think now is number three in the December ADP. He's a character risk. It wouldn't surprise any of us. It shouldn't surprise any of us if Zeke does something dumb in the offseason and gets suspended for six games or, or longer. So let's keep that in mind. So if you have one of these assets like Ezekiel Elliott, I had a chance, and the one league I had him to sell him, and I was able to package him and Sammy Watkins for uh, Todd Gurley. And I, I jumped at the opportunity because I've been looking. I've been waiting for his value to rise, and as soon as I could get off the Zeke train, I wanted to because in the back of my head I'm thinking, He's going to do something stupid. And, and, and you know, th- this isn't the end of, um, you know, Zeke's trouble. I mean, I guess I hope I'm wrong. I mean, by all accounts, um, he, he's, he's kind of a jerk. Uh, um, but, but anyway, d- just wanted to throw that out there, that I, I think that you should really think long and hard if, if there's a guy – maybe we say the same thing about um, Tyreek Hill. I mean, nothing has happened. But anytime guys have this – in their history, I, I think you need to think about it because it could it could happen. We knew this about Cream Hunt. We talked about this, like, not just us. Everyone talked about this incident. We saw it happen in the offseason. We just kind of dismissed it. It's like, ah, oh, it'll be fine. Well, it's not fine. You're, you owned him. You're in the fancy playoffs. You don't have him. It's not fine. So let's not forget that. Let's worry about this stuff. Let's, let's factor it into our evaluations of players. So anyway, I'll get on my soapbox. Guys, do you want to play? You make the call. Uh, yeah, my call is that Derrick Henry just ran for his next 40 plus yard touchdown <laughs> game. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. Who, who saw this one coming? So, uh, who had them as their, their captain and their, uh, their DFS lineup tonight? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, let, let's, let's do it. Um, let's get into you make the call turn for the fourth quarter but right now this word from our local station ibm presents you make the call first first is it wait is there like music associated with that there there is you make the call you know you, you just heard it the, the listeners just heard it but but you know the fancy joes were we're gonna we're gonna edit that in so, so okay sorry. you make the call no that's okay um because well you're gonna go first and you make the call josh adams or Gus Edwards? Who do you want more on your dynasty team? It pains, pains me, absolutely pains me, uh, that this is an easy call for me. It's Josh Adams. You know why? Because he went to Notre Dame. You love uh, the Fighting Irish players. You, you're uh, a big fan. Just the fact that Brian Kelly still has a job is just beyond. Uh, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, one, Josh Adams, I don't know if you've heard his interviews too. He's a great interview, and I do appreciate that. Very well-spoken, very humble, talks about his lifestyle. And as far as like his friends, he invites the games, things like that. I really, I, uh, I really like Josh Adams as a player. I think he's significantly, in all facets, better than Gus Edwards uh, and plays for a better overall offense. I mean, I get that Gus Edwards has been a beneficiary of this, but uh, it's not close to me, and it's Josh Adams. All right, Trey, how do you feel about this? Uh, you make the call, Josh Adams or Gus Edwards? I was scrambling while Will was talking to try and find a quarter to flip, and uh, I couldn't find one. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. I, I don't think that I've got a, a, a strong passion to have either of them on dynasty teams moving forward. I don't know that either of them have a – starting job in, in the NFL next year. So I'm, I'm just going to say I, I don't have a, have a strong passion, passionate feeling about either player. Let's say you gave me five marbles and I had to put them in a cup for either Josh Adams or Gus Edwards. I would put all five marbles in Josh Adams' cup. <laughs> all right. I, I would – um, reference. No, I, I, go, I go Josh Adams. I, I, I think that – his last year at Notre Dame, he was injured. I, I, th- I think he's uh, pretty impressive. If you, if you look at his speed at his pro day, four four eight forty time, his uh, three cone. Um, I like guys that, that are a sub a six eight three cone. 
uh, 6.75 at his pro day. So um, I, I think Josh Adams is, is pretty talented. And, and not, not that I'm with you, Trey. I don't think either one of these guys necessarily is going to have the job next year. But if I were going to bet on one, I think Josh Adams, is just, it just looks better for him. I, I, I think that um, he has a higher, higher odds of sticking and being a, a valuable asset. But, but, yeah, at the end of the day, if, if you can still trade either one of these guys, I, I, I would trade them. Um, but, but yeah, I, I lean Josh Adams. Um, and I'm with you. Five marbles. I got five marbles. I'm going to give him to Josh Adams. <laughs> he, he's the five marble player of the year. So my, one of my questions, though, so uh, Philip Lindsay has had very success, like great success early in the season. And he's not the same as Josh Adams, but Philip Lindsay's job is secure, right, moving forward? With the way that Josh Adams has been playing, why can't he become that the rest of the season? Uh, for me, it's the history of the Philadelphia Eagles and the way they've used their running backs. I mean, they look at the past uh, several years with, with Doug Peterson. There's never been a guy that's really emerged and, and, and had a firm hold of that job. So that's one of the things that scares me about Josh Adams. Why don't think he's necessarily going to be the guy? Uh, because I think even if he sticks on as like the number one lead dog, he's going to be the number one of a running back by committee, which I know you can argue is, is all of the NFL, but I don't know. I, th- I think if you just look historically over the past couple of years, it's pretty inconsistent. And, and I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be super consistent. So he could be, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Uh, that's, that's where I'm coming from. Trey, what so do you come think? 2019 rookie draft. And let's just say it happens right now. Would you pay a second round pick? Like the two Oh five for Josh Adams. I think I probably would just based on what I know about the class, like middle of the second round, but that's, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I'd be like running out to make that deal. Um, yeah, but if I were a contender right now and I needed a running back, I'd pay a second round pick for Josh Adams. Sure, Trey, you're looking, at, you're making this like disgusting look like Ryan. You're crazy. You wouldn't pay. A second well, round? no, I, <laughs> I would take, I would take any second and probably any third for Josh Adams right now. I mean, I, you know, it's opportunity. I mean, how many running backs have gotten hurt? to play for the Philadelphia Eagles for him to get this shot. And, um, you know, if for some reason he were to just be an absolute world beater, I mean, you know, discussing, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about actual, you know, production, Gus Edwards is light years ahead of Josh Adams. So I, I just think I would much rather have any second round pick over, over Josh Adams or um, Gus Edwards. You know, they're both undrafted, and, you know, so is Philip Lindsay, but Philip Lindsay's also a top 10 dynasty running back, right? I mean, top 10 production for this year. Um, so that would be the biggest difference for me. Yeah, and it's not like Josh Adams is lighting it up, you know, if you look at his numbers. I mean, he's getting volume in his production. His fantasy production, as far as I can tell, is based on the volume. He's, he's touching the ball a lot. It's not like he is, you know um, – you know, having like five to 10 touches a game, he's still producing. So, uh, whereas Philip Lindsay, he's just been super efficient, you know, I mean, he's getting more volume as the season goes on. So there, there's a big difference there. Let, let, Josh, Josh Adams has a fourth percentile BMI. <laughs> hey, All he right. slimmed up for the draft process. I can only assume. What uh, guys, he you want to move? He also move? got an insurance policy and the fact that he went undrafted, he made money off that. So some, you know, uh, some insurance company that didn't have any skin in the game actually went for that, you know? So at least he had objective talent beforehand. And not that that really matters at the end of the day, or like I've ever looked at other players insurance policies to give any relation. But uh, I, I just, to me, it's like I, he is, is a low risk, high reward player right now. And that's what you, that's what you want. And if he doesn't pan out, you didn't pay much. And if he does, you won big. So that's to me, that's, that's what I want. And that's what I'm looking for. And yeah, that's so. I'm trying. I'm going to try to scoop him up in the, this off season. Next on the sheet, Trey Barrett. You make the call. Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield? Oh man, I, I like this one because these are these are both guys that I like moving forward. But this is a very easy. If I had a hundred marbles, I'm giving a hundred of the marbles to Baker Mayfield. No question asked. He was my 102 in rookie drafts this past offseason, and there's been absolutely nothing that's happened since then that's changed that. And Lamar Jackson was down toward the end of the first round. And, again, there's been nothing that's happened. I mean, all he's done when we've seen him start is what we would have expected him to do as a starter in the NFL. So Baker Mayfield for me pretty easily. 
Will Greenwood, you make the call. So the Konami code of, of Lamar Jackson is huge. And let's not underrate how good that Ravens team is. They won a Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. Why could they not win one with Lamar Jackson? Why could he not be the starter on a team like that? I think that that is uh, a pretty massive upside to who Lamar Jackson is and what he can do. But uh, if I had 101 marbles, I'm giving 101 marbles to Baker Mayfield. Take that tray. Well, if uh, I had 102 well, marbles, I'd give 102 marbles to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just wanted, I wanted to add some. The, the Mark Jackson has a good amount of value. I just feel like this comparison is a little bit one-sided to me just because Baker Mayfield is a, a really, uh, a, to me, a very professional – But he's an NFL quarterback for years to come. And as bad as the Cleveland Browns have been, he's – I mean, he's won them more games this year than they've had the past, like, two, the two seasons combined. It's just like – and I think he has the, the intelligence, the, the work ethic, and the ability to, to be good and to be a starter – and, yeah, Superflex 102, that's a steal this year uh, because you had Saquon at the easy 101. The fact that you are able to get Baker there now at the 102 and that 102 is devalued because of Saquon is a huge win. Okay, okay. here's a question for you guys. Say you're in a league where you can, uh, you can trade 2020 picks, and I am the Josh Allen owner, and I say I'll send Josh Allen – and the uh, my 2021st to you for Lamar Jackson and your 2022nd. Would you would you do that? So basically, you're you're getting a you're trading a swapping a 2021st and second. And although you're giving up Lamar Jackson, you're picking up. Um, um, is it is it just me or is or, is, or Ryan? You're cutting out. Yeah, that happened for me too. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's um, try it again. <laughs> great. Um, Maybe your enthusiasm. Let's give it more psyched okay. out. Okay. Josh, so we're in a league. We can, sell, we can trade 2020 picks. I've got Josh Allen, and I say, Trey, I'll trade you Josh Allen and my 2021st for your Lamar Jackson and your 2022nd round pick. This is a super flex league. Will you do it? No, I wouldn't actually. Um, because and this is pretty funny, but um, – Lamar Jackson is a top 15 dynasty quarterback for me right now. Hot take. I mean, I, you know, Baker Mayfield's top 10. He's probably right there in that like nine, 10 range, but, but Lamar Jackson's not super far behind him in the grand scheme of things. I'd rather have Baker Mayfield. Um, but I, I like Lamar Jackson a good bit. I don't know that Josh Allen has staying power. So give me the guy that I feel like is going to be, and, and Will mentioned it. He's got the ceiling. So I, I would rather – and that, that first-round pick, not only is it not going to help me next season when I think I can actually be starting Lamar Jackson, but, you know, the following year, I don't know where that's going to end up, right? I mean, if I send you Lamar Jackson, that's going to that's gonna be the 112. So, nah, I, I think I'd take Lamar in that instance. Will, are you going to take my trade? Come on, take, take my Josh Allen and my 2020 first. They're, they're 2020, 2020 rookie class is loaded. Come on, you want that first-round pick. I wish it was the 2019 first because I feel like those are being undervalued. Give me your 2019 first, I'll give you my 2022nd. Boom, done. Uh, <laughs> you know, give me some more return value now. I actually, I actually uh, am tur- I'm turning around on Josh Allen. I think what he's done has been pretty incredible. And – Compared to him and Lamar Jackson, what they've done the pros, obviously they've been significantly more conservative because the Ravens are a good team and organization when it comes to playing uh, actual games in the NFL. They just is like it, – it, the, how they've, they've put these, like, kitty wheels on Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is, is shocking to me. And the way that they've let Josh Allen just unleash it. And, yeah, his completion percentage has been good. But you saw – you throw a ball into Kelvin Benjamin's chest and he can't catch it. That has nothing to do with you as a quarterback when that thing's on the money and he's had 130 rushing yards in a game. And that's more than Lamar Jackson with significantly less design runs, worse offensive line, worse. Team. I just, I, I am just, I feel like if you can make a deal like this and you can scoop up Josh Allen, I don't see these guys future, either of them being super long-term in the NFL and being franchise quarterbacks. I'm kind of off Lamar Jackson being a franchise quarterback bandwagon. Uh, just, just from what we've seen from him this year. I am like more concerned about his pa- him as a passer than I was before, and maybe that's an overreaction. But if I can get value and then get Josh Allen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think, in general, 
I, I might hold because I'd be conservative. But I, I think if you accepted that, I wouldn't have any issue with it, and I'd applaud it. Yeah, I have to admit that Josh, I just want to throw his name out there because he's a little more intriguing to me. I, I still worry about his accuracy issues, but um, he makes plays. He's got Zay Jones, who I love, and I'm so excited <laughs> that Zay Jones is like, you know, starting to maybe have a little bit of a resurgence. Not that I think his ceiling is, is unbelievable, but, you know, he may still be fantasy viable after all, like he was last week in that weird fantasy week we had. Okay, let's move on. Is, is, for what you've seen – is Josh Allen not an objectively better passer than Lamar Jackson right now? Am I missing something? Um, they're, they're probably both. I, I mean, no, I, I think what we've seen, Josh Allen has been better. But, uh, you know, can um, Lamar Jackson get, get better? And, I mean, I think he's probably slightly more accurate. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's so early, and it's, it's tough to say. It's early in their careers, right? Um, I, I still want, I still want Lamar Jackson over over Allen, but um, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, Allen's super talented. There's no one's arguing that he's got a cannon, but he's just inaccurate, and he just makes he'll make a great throw, then he'll make a really questionable throw. So, but he's a rookie. Trey, you see sorry. a great throw from Lamar Jackson. Then that, that was just I just want to see that. It, and let me see the upside of his arm that they've been able to unleash. And and I get it. I, I get that in the pre-draft process that. Uh, I love Lamar Jackson over Josh Allen, but I'm okay with being wrong here. And I think that maybe we need to start shifting and looking at our opinions harder the other way. I just think that Lamar Jackson, I think it's pretty unfair to judge anything that Lamar Jackson's done in the NFL because he basically has been taking starter reps in practice for three weeks. So, you know, essentially, and I don't think they're asking him to do a whole lot because what he can do with his legs. I think what Josh Allen's doing with his legs is uh, fool's gold. And so I don't think that it's sustainable. I think Lamar Jackson's is. And uh, I think that he, you know, a lot, a lot to be determined on, on both these guys. But I, I don't think that Josh Allen has looked very good as a passer this year at all. I think he's, he really has struggled. Um, some of his production that's come of late, I think has been kind of fool's gold as well. So it's going to be interesting to watch both of them, though. Ne- neither of them have, have – uh, really, I think, shown their upside or, or what, what they really can do. All right. Any, Will, final thoughts about uh, Josh Allen? Well, just one last thing is I do like to defer a little bit to, to guys that I feel like know a lot more than I do about prospecting players. And one of these goes to – shout out to Paul Pritikizi from the Saturday to Sunday podcast. He's been on here before. Super nice dude, great analyst, and great rookie scout, and a really great listener. Highly recommend listening to that podcast. But he was – Hi on Josh Allen. When he came on this podcast, I got after him because I was like, his completion percentage is horrible in college, and it went down. And the you know all first round quarterbacks of how they gone up. Like anybody whose completion percentage had gone up from college to the NFL wasn't very good. There was just kind of like this mixed bag. But one of the things that really resonates, and I've heard this from other places, but really when he said it this last time, he's just Josh Allen's more Cam Newton than what we give him credit for. I feel like at this point, and that's why. I have that, you know, I have that opinion about him. And I, I am swayed by that because I do respect and value his opinion on players. So I just want to get that in before we switch or move on. Yeah, for, for sure. That, that's a, that's a great, yeah. Paul is really insightful. And uh, uh, for example, like guys like uh, Chris Herndon, the tight end for the, the Jets, I picked him up some of my deeper leagues. That was a call he made coming into the year. So he's, he's definitely has his, his uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on with these uh, incoming uh, guys. So, Here's an interesting one. Uh, Will, why don't you go first? Will, you make the call. Carry on Johnson or Nick Chubb? Ooh, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going Chubb. I think Chubb is a more elite prospect when he came in. He had that really horrific knee injury, but you've seen the explosiveness and how he's come back now. Uh, and maybe I should have given some more analysis before I just went Chubb there. But uh, I really it's, – it's, it, this isn't actually that close for me. I, I really would take Nick Chubb quite a bit higher than, than Carrion Johnson. I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I, I like Carrion okay, but but Nick Chubb for me is just far and away the, the guy I want. I, I mean, the one thing about Carrion Trey is that you know, I, we, I think we, we think that Nick Chubb can catch and everything, but, but Carrion is maybe more of that three down back, whereas Nick Chubb, maybe not so much. We'll see what happens in Cleveland. So who do you like more? You make the call. Karen Johnson or Nick Chubb, Trey? 
Yeah, I would take Nick Chubb, but it's close. Both of these guys are top 15 dynasty running backs for me. Um, I think that, you know, they're, they're not separate. They're in the same tier for me. Um, I, I like that, um, as you mentioned, you know, carry on's involvement in the passing game. Um, I, I just think that carry on, and it's unfortunate that he's, you know, struggled with injuries um, like he has this year. And, and I think that Lions team has just been pretty, pretty awful in general this season, but I think they're going to get things figured out moving forward. And um, I do like the upside of the Cleveland offense moving forward as well. But um, I, I'd take Chubb over carry on. Both are guys that I like to have on my, I'm, I'm hoping to acquire carry on this off season. I'm hoping maybe, you know, headed into the off season, the fact that he, you know, had most of his dazzle earlier on in the season. I'm hoping maybe some of the shine is worn off and, and I can acquire a couple shares. How about a, a quick pivot with that? How about uh, Matt Stafford versus Baker Mayfield? That's a good question, man. I, I, I'm pretty sure I'd take Baker Mayfield over Stafford. I'm Baker at this point. Just not that we, we talked about this in, in during the Patreon show, but um, we, we think you know at least Trey and I. Well, do you think Matt Stafford's a buy? Did you? I don't know if you pitched it on that. Do you think he's a buy like in a? Super flex league in particular. He's, you think he's going to bounce back, or are you kind of avoiding him? I don't think his value gets any any lower than what it is now. This would be the lowest price you can get him for. And we talked about actually in the last episode uh, a couple weeks ago of saying, like, if you had one of those veteran quarterbacks selling off, uh, you know, Ben Roethlisberger for Matt Stafford for somebody's playoff run for what they were doing, you know, if your team hadn't been doing that well, or Phillip Rivers, things like that. I do think he's a buy. But I think that's a really – it's a really good crossover point of saying – so Stafford just turned 30. It's not like he's old, you know, and, and Baker Mayfield was a five-year uh, quarterback in college. So it's uh, that, that crossover point. But I, I think that weighs into these offenses and what when you're talking about carry-on and Chubb, well, give me the future of Cleveland with Baker Mayfield, who I want as a quarterback over Stafford, because I agree I'd take uh, Baker over Stafford right now. Or I, should, should, I should say Mayfield, right? Mayfield over Stafford. I'm going to go last names. Anyway, <laughs> That should matter into who you're choosing because you're kind of choosing that offense, right? Like I'm choosing the the Cleveland Browns running game over the Lions running game. And again, if I have like seven marbles, I'm putting seven marbles in the Browns running game. Yeah, me too. And, and Trey, what what if you let's say you have ten marbles, Trey? How are you going to divide them up between Chubb and? and, and <laughs> I'm giving nine and a half marbles to Chubb, and I'm giving half a marble to Carry On. Like for some reason, there was like a shooter marble in there. Makes it look like a littler marble. No. I, I, I still, I still, I still low key think that Carry On has the opportunity to have the second best NFL career of this rookie class in at the running back position. Ooh, nice. I, I, I like, I like what Chubb and and uh, you know potentially Geis could do, but I just think, I think Carry On has the opportunity to be a really, really special back. I think Carry On has the opportunity. In, in, you know, 24 months, he could be in the, you know, Todd Gurley kind of conversation. I think he's that talented and versatile. If, if, they, if, if the right offense were to come along um, that were to utilize him in the same way that, you know, the offense out in L.A. kind of goes through. Um, and, and, and I think that's what Matt Patricia wants to do. I think he wants to play good defense and, and be able to run the ball. And I, I just think – I think carry has got a huge ceiling, so. Yeah, and, and JBC's got to go in Detroit. It, it's so interesting now in the NFL how we're seeing that how these coaching changes impact the, the value of these players. Like, if um, – you know, for example, um, in Chicago, like Mitchell Trubisky, what if it was some kind of defensive-minded coach that came to Chicago and it wasn't that – Matt Nagy offense, um, you know, wh- how would we be looking at Trubisky, you know, versus the way we're looking at him now? It's just, it's just so interesting. And, and that Detroit situation is one that the Bears watching, and it, it will be interesting to see how those, the values of those players change once, uh, you know, that offense changes, hopefully going into 2019. Uh, transitioning, though, speaking of Chicago Bears, our next question, Trey, you make the call. Allen Robinson or DJ Moore? This is kind of crazy because I, this this one really isn't close to me, um, and these guys are pretty close in ADP. But I, I'm going to take DJ Moore over a Rob. I know that probably seems really nuts, but I, I just man, I you guys may or may not remember I was kind of fading all of the a Rob love coming into this season, um, and I just 
I, I love DJ Moore. I think the future is incredibly bright for him in, in Carolina. Not today. Rob's not going to rebound, but I, I'd like I'd like to have DJ Moore in this between these two. Yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I'm the Bears fan, and um, Allen Robinson I think is going to be really solid for Chicago. Um, I I think he's you know maybe like a high end you know wide receiver too, but I think DJ Moore is a guy that just you know the the. the I don't say the sky's the limit, but I, you know, he, I think, you know, he, you know, it's theoretically he could be a first round dynasty startup. I know that's maybe sound crazy, but I'm a big DJ Moore fan. I think he's very talented. They're just trying to see it this year. And and I love DJ Moore. So for me, it's easy. I, I have 10 marbles. Will Greenwood. I'm putting all 10 in with DJ Moore. What about you? What say you? Well, you somehow know. I've acquired an extra marble and I have 11 marbles. What? And 11 of those marbles are going for a Rob. Whoa. The man uh, that likes the big, traditional dominant wide receiver and i feel like i am just trying to uh, it sounds like a broken record but i do like the alpha dogs and i do think mitch trubisky is getting better as a passer in his running game and that offense again Nagy's offense let's buy into that a little bit more fellas this is the first year of it and trubisky is not that great of a passer but neither is neither is cam newton and his running game is going to deteriorate let's see how his shoulder ends up i don't think the thing is i don't think it's actually maybe 11 marbles to zero but I kind of got to go, you know, we're doing the marble takes tonight. So uh, I kind of want to go that way. But I would easily, if I had DJ Moore and somebody offered me A-Rob, I'd take A-Rob. Uh, I, but I don't think you're wrong. Or not not wrong. I don't want to discourage your opinion if you like DJ Moore more. I, I don't think that's like a horrible take or anything like that. But to me, you're seeing Al Robinson in a brand new offense, and he's having a pretty good season with the Bears. It's not like he's, you know, it, it is a, when wide receivers transition like this, Usually you see some more rough patches, and he's coming back from a knee injury, and it's Trubisky's not been a starting quarterback for all that long. I want to buy in that they're going to get better as an offense, and so yeah. that's what I'm going to do. And I think like uh, uh, what is the, the the tight end that they signed? He's not as big of a threat. Trey Burton, you know, he's right. not been as good as we thought he would be. Uh, and I think A. Rob is ceiling. We haven't seen it yet, and it's already been pretty good. And you've seen the plays that he's made. And so I just uh, – I'm still a huge A-Rob fan. And if this is – if I have a DJ Moore share and somebody offered me A-Rob, I'd take it. Yeah, so Allen Robinson um, missed a couple of weeks. And one week, I think it was against the Patriots. I think, I think that was game – I think he played, he was injured. So you're talking about three weeks where he was either injured or out. You've got two weeks where he's with Chase Daniel. Um, so you, you, basically you've kind of got five kind of – maybe you can say they're outlier weeks in terms of – the numbers he's put up and you're right. He's in a new offense coming off of an injury. So I, I get it. I, I see that. And I think you're right. And I think the numbers are only going to go up, but with the, the Chicago offense, um, I, I hate to use the cliche, but so many mouths to feed, right? You've got Anthony Miller that's coming on Taylor Gabriel. That's still finding his way in the offense. Um, Tariq Cohen, who, who's, you know, the one of the leading wide receivers of that offense. So I, I, I like Allen Robinson, but I think that that kind of hinders him a little bit. Because I think that offense is ascending, but I think there's going to be other like I think Mitch is going to pass the, you know throw the ball around to different targets, whereas DJ Moore, uh, I you know I I he maybe you know it's going to be CMC and DJ Moore. I I don't know. I I just I think DJ Moore is really talented and oh, I, I for me it's easy. I, I mean I, I like them both, but yeah, I just I don't know. For, for me, it's a pretty easy call. Trey, it sounds it's, like it's that way for you still. You're not yeah, swayed by Will's arguments. No, not at all. I, I like Allen Robinson, but, you know, I mean, so far this year, DJ Moore has more receiving yards than Allen Robinson. And that's as a 21-year-old rookie. So, I mean, I, I think that you're right. This guy really is the limit for this guy. I mean, he is an electric guy with, in, in space with the ball in his hands. They're, they're giving him rushing opportunities. He's, re, he's returning kicks, returning punts. I mean, the guy is a difference maker. And so for me, you know, and, and again, he's 21. I mean, that is extremely young to be putting up, you know, he is not quite going to get to the thousand yard mark likely, you know, he's got 600 yards receiving through 12 games. Um, but to be able to, to be able to come into the league as a 21 year old rookie and, and do what he's done, I think is pretty impressive. So really like his upside. I, I think that as, as you mentioned, I think Allen Robinson's upside is, is potentially capped there in, um, in Chicago, but I, I, I do like Allen Robinson. It's not that I just don't like him. I just would, would prefer DJ Moore. I mean, DJ Moore has 40, 
46 more receiving yards, and Al Robinson's missed three games and had to play with Chase Daniel. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, it's I, not, well, not, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, DJ Moore's a rookie. I mean, it, you know, the, yeah. like Allen Robinson's getting paid 15 million a year to be the number one wide receiver in Chicago. I mean, I think I just look, let me look. Yeah. DJ Moore had four targets total the, the first three weeks of the season. I mean, he was hardly, he was hardly being used. So, you know, I, 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 I you know, th- this year's production is not nearly what I'm, I'm, you know, yeah. trying to I compare think between the two. I mean, I, I think Allen Robinson, you know, has that one year that he was just ridiculous. And, and I think that, you know, a lot of his value right now is kind of still being tagged to that. But, but that's, to me, that appears to be more of the exception than the rule as far as his career to date. Shoot, I think this is a great opportunity, guys, for a little grab bag of shame bet for like the next three years, Alan Robinson versus DJ Moore. All right, I yeah. think I think you're on, at least with me. Yeah, I would take that bet. All right, all right, all right. Book it. Let's write it down. Book so it. while I'm writing it down in the show sheet, um, here we go, guys. This is the last one. You make the call, Stefan Diggs or Juju Smith Schuster. Ooh, this is a tough one, Trey. You want to take it on first? Yeah, I'm going to stick with my guy here, man. I'm going to stick with Stefan Diggs. And uh, I think that he has had a low-key, really solid season. He's a top – I think he's either wide receiver 10 or wide receiver 11. Um, he, he's really produced despite the fact – I mean, he's, I think he's actually been targeted more than Adam, Adam Thielen in six of the last eight games. I mean, that passing attack there in Minnesota ha- has just been – incredible with with Diggs and Thielen um, I, I like Juju I like Juju a lot but I think that Juju is really benefiting from playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback and being on the same field as Antonio Brown and being in the slot a lot he gets a lot of his production in the slot Stefan Diggs to me is an absolutely elite route runner he cannot be covered by anyone in the NFL he can get open against all types of coverages. I just, I love his talent. I love, you know, the, the fact that he's been able to stay healthy this year. And then when he has kind of struggled with injuries, he's been able to press through it. And so I, I, I love the maturation that we're seeing there. And, um, you know, I, I heard Evan Silva the other day talking about Stefan Diggs and, and basically saying he is Antonio Brown. He said, I know everybody likes to make that. He said, but watch the guy. You, you cannot argue it. When you look at Stefan Diggs, at where he is at in his pro career, the trajectory he's on, and the, the ability he has to get open. And that's what he said. He said he can, you, can, you can't cover him. He, he cannot be kept from getting open. So I love the guy. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong, you know, both of these guys. Man, if it's like if I could have both of them, man, I'd take them both all day long. But give me, give me Stefan Diggs. All right, good, good argument. Will, what do you think? Man, this is, I think, this is the hardest one. If I had 10 marbles, <laughs> I'll be going five and five. I like because Schuster yeah. is a 20 year old coming into the league, riding his bike to practice and getting it stolen. Uh, the, 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 his production and what he's done, and this year's offense has been great. I get that Roethlisberger is aging and could be out, and he is on the, the field with Antonio Brown. There's more miles to feed. And Diggs is just you've, – you've just seen what everybody said Diggs was going to do when, like, Diggs fans, that he's doing it. Like, when you identified that earlier and you bought in, you're being paid off for, for that research. And I was, try, I was hesitant about Diggs just because he has a lot of soft tissue injuries. And I also – I think it's, it's a uh, flaw in, in who I am is, is doing the fantasy podcast. Is it's, it's homerism, you know. Like, I want to like Diggs more – and I want to be on board because he just he I, I agree Trey he can't be covered. It's you watch him and he's you saw how the seasons progressed too. How now with Kirk Cousins he's become the favorite target. And when you watch the games it's not it's it's not close anymore to me at least. Uh, Thielen is still a great receiver, but when it's crunch time or when you know Cousins is under pressure, Diggs is the guy that's there. And he's you know he's made mistakes like the Saints game with an interception thing like that. But uh, I don't know really like Diggs's game and how he's evolved. So. But he's uh, – I guess – I don't know. I, I, 
I think I'm going, uh, let's say 11 marbles, I'll go six Smith-Schuster, five digs. Or like if I had 23 marbles, I'll go 12 in Smith-Schuster and 11 in digs. Cause like it's closer than, you know, six to five. Yeah, it's, I'm with you. It's super close. I guess I'm just going to come back to the reliability factor and with, with digs and just the, over his career, he's missed these games. He's had these lingering injuries. He's missed a game this year because of that. I, I want reliability. And since these guys are basically, I, I guess you, you make the argument that with Juju, he's benefiting from AB and, and, and Big Ben isn't going to be there forever. I still think he's going to produce whenever Big Ben disappears. So I'm going to go with Juju mainly because, you know, he hasn't missed any games so far. He hasn't missed any time, but it's super close. And I, you know, it's, 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 we're just splitting hairs at this point. So I'd be happy either way. And I wouldn't, you know, uh, lose any sleep over, you know, if I, if I was on the clock in a startup league, I had to pick one and I, I, I couldn't have both. I would, I'd be happy with other ones. So yeah, yeah it's, it's good. I, I, it's really good. I actually picked it because they are literally back to back in ADP. Which strangely, I didn't mention this earlier. I meant to, and, and just got sidetracked. But the, um, you know, Carry On Johnson, Nick Chubb. I was looking. This was November ADP because we kind of put these together a couple weeks ago. Um, in November ADP, Carry On and Chubb were back to back, and Carry On was actually ahead of Chubb. Yeah, um, and it was like thirty point seven five versus thirty three point two five. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Carry On was ahead of Chubb in ADP. I bet it's that. Bet it's going to be flip flopped in. Um, December because of the recency bias, but I thought that yeah, was interesting. Yeah, and, and deal, deal off ADP isn't is a perfect, you know, storm of what to look at, but I do like the basis no. of it for sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty high on Chubb, Chubb over carry on now. I, I know it's going back to that, but I don't know. Just that's a. I'm really excited to see Chubb's future. All right, all right guys. So that concludes. You make the call. And that's about all the time we have for the show. Any final thoughts? Any tips, advice for anyone going into their playoffs? Um, Start maybe... Derek Henry this week. <laughs> He's probably on waivers in your redraft leagues. So make, <laughs> uh, make a trade for him in your dynasty leagues. You can get him cheap for this week. Um, but any, any, I don't know if we needed to give any tips or advice. Um, but throw something out there. If, if not, we're just going to close the show here. Don't don't give are, up on the 2019 class. Yeah. You're gonna start seeing this hype train. It's beginning. You can almost hear it with your wide receivers and the people who are declaring. You can feel it starting to leave the station. And it was so low all year. And may, maybe I'm wrong here, but uh, I traded away a lot of my 2019 picks, and I kind of wish I had some of those now. Yeah. Trey, any final thoughts? No, nah, I'm good, man. I, good luck to everyone in your in your playoff matchups. If your if your opponent started Derrick Henry this week, uh, I would just drink. <laughs> That's right. So one final thing to say: the Fancy Joes we're 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 gonna go on hiatus. We're gonna take a few weeks off. Basically, probably we may throw out a couple of shows the rest of 2018, but probably um, you know I, it'll be after the NFL regular season. We'll put out a new show. We're gonna take some time off. We're gonna. Spend some time looking at the show. We're going to reboot. We're going to retool some things. We're going to come at you in 2019 bigger and badder than ever. So just wanted to throw that out there. So if you're looking for a show next week, you're not seeing us. Um, th- that's why. We're going to take some time off. But you're not going to miss us. You're going to be busy um, setting your lineups for all those uh, championships you're going for in your, your fantasy playoff league. So we wish you the best of luck. We are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at FFJoes. You can follow us on Patreon, become a Patreon supporter uh, for as little as one ninety nine a month. That's patreon.com slash fancy joes. And we appreciate your uh, patron patronship, patronship, uh, listening, um, <laughs> listening to us. Obviously it's late. I'm, I'm can't even talk. So with that, let's close the show. We are the fantasy joes. Sound like the Bee Gees there. I, I thought you were gonna go. How deep is your love? How deep? How deep? Do you guys ever listen to the Tenacious D CD or album when it came out? He's like, I invented inward singing, and he's like. <laughs> <laughs> and he like 
this is so much better. Hey, if this is going to be our final show, possibly the, fi- the last show of 2018, um, Patrick oh, really? Mahomes probably needs to call in. Yeah, but maybe. We'll, we might throw out some shows, but we're just saying we're going to hiatus. Right? It's not going uh, to be a regular schedule, but Patrick, Patrick Mahomes might want to call in and talk to us. So, wait. Oh, hey, someone's coming through. Someone's jumping in on the Zoom call. Is that you, Patrick? Oh, yes. You just got some, just got some Baltimore. No, it's actually Kansas City. It's a house. I was in Baltimore briefly. He came back. Really throws touchdown passes. Uh, Travis Kelsey, honestly, really is a guy to hate. It's so tough. You know, he's always out there opening his beards, running around, crazy. It's crazy. Patrick, Patrick, are you worried about your friend Kareem Hunt that is no longer with the team? Nah, it's turd. <laughs> <laughs> I've got top three people like that in my life. That's <laughs> Awesome. Let's just get one pass right at his chest. You know? No, no pads. <laughs> All right. The rasp isn't there. It's got to be there, Patrick. Yeah. yeah. All right. I wasn't ready. It's. I, I have worked on it though, and it, it weirds out my wife quite a bit. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not here tonight, so I can do it. You know, it, it would be an opportunity. <laughs>